Past players, past legends, past legends. And we tonight we are privileged to have Neil Barm on. Of course, nineteen seventy to nineteen seventy nine at Richmond. 159 games, 229 goals, dual premiership player in 72-73, uh, sorry, 73-74. Uh, Barmy will shoot me for that mistake. Um, <laughs> in terms of that, look, I like this line from uh, Mike Sheehan where Mike says his reputation as an enforcer undermines his true worth as a player. Dual premiership, Ruckman Ford, Kicked 229 goals, including 55 and 72. Mike named Neil as number 16 of his top 50 Tigers. For me, that describes it pretty pretty well. Of course, uh, more importantly, 13 games for Nord, 22 goals. Dual Premiership coach at the at Nord. Uh, great to have you on board, Barmy. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to be here, mate. And probably your most courageous thing you uh, you survived the lift with me uh, back from Tanunda a couple of weeks ago, Barmy. So. <laughs> Exactly. I'm, I'm not even going to go there on that one there. But, uh, mate, uh, obviously doing a little bit of research, I'm a mad Nord man myself, but um, you obviously want to be prepared for some of these interviews. And uh, born in Perth, mate, um, tell us your, your your time in Perth in your early days there for junior, some of your junior football. Oh, well, I, I love playing footy. I played for Mount Pleasant in the old days, and they were the Tigers. Would you believe that? It's a bit of <laughs> yep. And then went to Wembley, and they were black and white. So uh, I've been everywhere. But um, and then I played for Subiaco. I was lucky enough as a 16-year-old to play a couple of games or four games for Subi as a 16-year-old when um, uh, Hayden Bunton was uh, coached there. And my first ever game yep. of senior footy was against Polly Bloody Farmer. So how do you reckon I went? Uh, <laughs> my males, you did it. You've always. Always been uh, played yourself down a bit on that one, Barmy, and I, I find that fascinating too. That okay, so you've played four games there as a kid, including doing doing quite well against Polly. Then you end up going. Your father gets transferred in his employment to Victoria. Let let uh, people in because probably everyone's not quite aware. Collingwood were making a play for your dad, but. Uh, let everyone know how Richmond convinced you to get you on board. They were a bit smarter about it, Barmy. Oh, they were very clever. As it turned out, we landed at Essendon Airport in those days on January the 4th, 1969, and uh, Richmond was there. Jack Dyer was there to meet us, along with Alan Schwab and uh, Graham Richmond, and I think Ronnie Carson was there too. We're neither here nor there, but um, uh, they, and they just came. We, there was no plan for that to happen. Um, and so uh, both Ian and I uh, were we were the players, and we were very excited by the fact that they were there to meet us. And Collingwood had worked pretty hard on the old man to convince him that Collingwood was a good place to go to. But uh, I think they probably forgot about us a little bit. Um, but uh, Richmond were very clever because um, uh, Alan Schwab said to both Ian and I after a few days in, he said, "If uh, our boys are going to the Gold Coast next week for a preseason trip." If you sign, you can come. And we said, where do we sign? Yeah, I reckon that would have taken you all of about 0.01 of a second. You probably made made uh, the, the hullabaloo this week about Maynard's reaction time, pale into significance how you would have signed that form, Barmy. Oh, no, it was um, – uh, we, we'd, uh, we're from Perth. We'd just turned up to Melbourne. We'd never been on the Gold Coast. We thought this is not a bad place to go. So 
yeah, it was we were pretty easy to get, I must admit. But that was uh, it was the best decision we ever made to be uh, to be truthful. So uh, uh, Richmond have been wonderful to me. Now on that, Pete, on that uh, end of season trip, let's just say a few of the Richmond older players might have thought we might be able to blow this young tyrant away on uh, the drinking stakes. And let's just say that. Uh, Bummy may have well and truly held his own in that regard, and uh, a couple of them might have uh, might have pulled up were quite surprised by how well the youngster did. So yes, yeah. Yes. Well, I, well, I wasn't allowed to drink in those yeah. days. No, of course so. not, Bummy. No, no, no. But I, but I did have a couple, and I was actually pretty good at it. <laughs> Mate, uh, playing for Suviak at sixteen, we had Dexter Kennedy on last week, uh, playing at fifteen years yeah. of age. So we're just finding all these players at the moment that have started their careers at such a young age. How how did you feel being told, look, you're going to be playing in the, in the seniors this week? Oh, I think it was just part of what we did. Um, I was, uh, you know, very proud of it and um, really happy with it. I played uh, reserves most of the year. And even as a 16 year old, I'd done okay. Um, As it turned out, my, the coach who was at Wembley Athletic Club, um, who coached the under 16s and under 18s, he he went to coach uh, one of the junior teams at Subi, and he encouraged me to come. But as soon as Hayden Button saw me, he said, "I'll pull this bloke into the senior program." So I was very lucky, really, because I was um, I was still pretty skinny and pretty light, but I was a decent size. I could play okay, so. Um, uh, it wasn't probably all that unusual that they were trying to promote me for later on. And if if the old man hadn't been transferred to Melbourne, I'd still be playing for CB probably. But um, so who knows? But it was some. No, it was good fun. We and, really loved it. Yeah. And then obviously moving to, as you said, moving over to Melbourne and playing at Richmond. What was the process like going to a big club like Richmond at the time and forcing your way into their senior side? No, can I? I'm yep. just going to butt in there, Pete. I, I find. Nowadays, as we know, a kid gets drafted, they go and play, bang, they're there. It's quite extraordinary for Barmy. He's played senior football in Perth, ends up going to Richmond and plays under-19s. I think that's, yeah, where I was leading. Yeah, which I I, I find fascinating, Barmy, in that that regard, and that you were then had, you'd gone from seniors and then had almost the old-fashioned build-up after that, the other way sort of thing. Oh, well, yeah, we weren't sort of worried about that. It was a bit of a difference between BFL footy and waffle footy in those days, but um, you know, quite a significant difference. In it. Not, not as not as big a difference as there is nowadays, but there was quite a difference. So I was more than happy to play under-19s. I mean, that was a really challenging uh, program in itself. I played under-19s and reserves in the first year, and then in the second year I played some senior footy later on. But I'd, I'd had some knee problems as well. So, no, it was certainly... Um, I mean, the fact that I played four senior games for Subi was almost, you know, out of the blue in a sense because I was only a kid. It was really only because Bunt was, um, you know, trying to find a player, I think. But, um, no, it was a, I mean, I was never um, put off by that. I thought playing under-19s for Richmond was... Well, I played in the premiership team in 69, yeah. so I was very pleased with that, yeah. Um, and so then moving through the system and that... And you're at a powerful club. Um, you know, with and that just describe that you know with Tom Hafey and the whole and Graham Richmond and we'll, we'll get onto the Graham Richmond negatives a bit later, but just the more the positives at the start and just being a, being at the Richmond Footy Club and who took and who took you under their wing? Oh, they all did in their own way. It was um, 
I mean, Slug Jordan was my coach in yeah. the 90s, and he was fantastic. We finished up bloody good friends uh, later on as well. He's a character. Yeah. Um, but Alan Schwab was a very good secretary. They, they all, you know, I mean, the players all took us under their wing as well. It was, um, you know, it was even in those days was quite a, you know, they accepted you and they encouraged you to do well. And it was a bit bit more challenging, a bit more simple in do what you're bloody told to a degree. But um, it was still, it was a damn good club. We really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I was, I went to, I did year 12 the first year I was there. So I was still a schoolboy. So, <laughs> you know, I wasn't really part of the, part of the plan in a sense, but um, no, it was good fun. They were, they were a great club and, uh, very challenging. Um, Tommy was very simple in the way he coached. Um, it was very much, yes. you know, put your head over the ball, try as hard as you can and kick it as long as you can and no finessing and all that sort of stuff. So it was a, it was a different time. But um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really good mates with a lot of the blokes I played with, you know, the whole time. So, you know, we were very lucky. Now, Barmy, let people out there, Martin, you were uh... – you did try and change and get a little bit more. Let's kick to the fat side and a little bit more nous out of uh, out of Richmond and out of Tommy, but didn't have much success. Describe the uh, where you tried <laughs> no. to with uh, with the with Saint Francis and uh, that for uh, everyone, mate, because that's quite amusing. <laughs> yes, because um, I'm playing forward and we just kicked it long and all that sort of stuff and. And I, I sort of used to talk about and look at it. I, I could see the game a little bit differently for some stupid reason. But um, I remember saying to Francis Burke, who was a wonderful player one, and still a really good friend and a lovely person, um, but he was very much in Tommy's, um, you know, corner. And uh, he, he just wanted to present what Tommy wanted. And I said to him one day, I said, you know, when you come streaming out of half back the way you do, you look down the field and you see me, I don't want you to kick it to me. But whatever side I am of my opponent, can you kick it to that side? It might make it easier for me to get the ball and kick a goal. And he looked at me for five seconds and thought, I'm sure he was thinking, what does Tommy want me to say? He said, that's as weak as piss. Get it, get it yourself. <laughs> Very high-tech footy back then, Barbie. See <laughs> ball, get ball, kick ball. And go through just – and look, okay, Barmy, and I don't want to – for mine – Everyone goes on about the physicality of Neil Baum and all that, but everyone's forgetting that the era, it's a completely different era back then. We've had enough controversy this week in general, but a totally different era. And every side had their physical players in it. And in that, I always think that everyone forgets a little bit of how good a player Neil Baum was because everyone only thinks of the physicality of the Jeff Southby. We see it every year, et cetera, et cetera, and that side of things, Barmy. Yes, well, it was it was a funny time because, um, I mean, the, I was talking to the Carlton blokes the other day because a bloke called yes, Dan Eddy Dan Eddie, yep. about, about the 72 and 73 grand finals. It was quite interesting. So I've had actually some time face-to-face with the, with the Carlton guys who – Actually, are quite, you know, we get on pretty well, to, to be fair. <laughs> um, but um, when you look back at it, it was um, I, I felt that I had to impose myself on the opposition um, because that that was, you know, that was the way I saw the game. And, and that's not really my nature. I'm not really an aggressive, nasty person. But as a player, I was. But I never did it as a. It was never nah, never angry. It was just what I felt that I had to do. And funny, the Carlton blokes say that. The worst thing Carlton ever did was 
trade or transfer Ricky McLean to Richmond because yep. Ricky was he was man he, he was, was a tough as nails yep. and I, yep. and I did sort of learn a fair bit from him and they said the reason that that was the worst thing they ever did because he taught me to be an assassin <laughs> which is a bit <laughs> cruel <laughs> and it's probably true because I mean that that was not necessarily my nature but I felt that I was really I needed to compete and I felt that our blokes needed us to impose ourselves on the opposition, and we sort of got away with it. So, and you did, I mean, it's yeah, it's a bit nasty. And when I look back at it, you think, oh, it probably wasn't the ideal thing to do. But I felt my emotional intelligence said, this is what I've got to do to impose <laughs> myself on the opposition. And so. didn't you have a bit of an amusing thing with your with at least one of your kids? It might have been two, where uh, they're playing, you know, the grand finals, the you know, the movie grand final marathon on the night before a grand final of course they've played the 73 grand final and uh, your son was sort of is that really you dad sort of thing now, <laughs> yeah yeah it was william he's he was only a young bloke and he looked at it and his eyes again is that you <laughs> but it, it did um he did do what he was told for a little while. <laughs> he thought I was mad. <laughs> Had no problems with him behaviour-wise the no, next couple of weeks, no, probably. for a little while. Trash got taken out, the dishes got done, and yeah. the uh, lawns got mowed. Every, yeah. Everyone's a winner. Exactly. Mate, uh, just uh, going over some of that time with uh, Ricky McLean, you guys kicked 110 goals for the season between years. Uh, you would have terrorised a few uh, backmen during that time. Yeah, I think we probably did, yes. Um, no, we did have a couple of good years together, but he's a, he's a great mate, Ricky. We, I really got on well with him. Was, uh, and again, yeah, we both we, we won the goal kicking be, between ourselves with 55 goals each. That's a lot of goals. And of course, the 70, so the grand final where you, you lost the, the goal a thon, effectively, where you kicked, where the grand, oh, yeah. the score yeah. you, Richmond kicked in 72 would have won the grand final, I think. I think it was some, every other year. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a record higher score. Yeah, <laughs> which was be. just crazy <laughs> in terms of yeah. some twenty. Was it twenty seven or twenty two? Some ridiculous stat and all that. But no, then they kicked twenty. They kicked twenty eight nine, and we kicked twenty two eight eight. Yeah, twenty two. Yeah. We've lost, mm. and so but yeah. seventy three. Then, in terms of the the retribution and just okay, we're not going to let this slip. The, so the rivalry between Carlton and Richmond at that stage for the number one spot was pretty was pretty incredible overall as well too. Oh, I know it was. So they, I mean, they were a terrific club, and I got nothing but respect for them. They were wonderful, but they were um, they knocked us off in '72. We didn't defeat. We we didn't take our defence seriously enough. I didn't think, and we genuinely all committed ourselves to the fact that we weren't going to let it happen again. And which is probably why we behaved the way we did, or certainly I behaved the way I did, um, because we, we just weren't going to give them another shot at it. And in those days, um, you, you sort of got away with a lot more things. The umpire, yeah. there was only one umpire, and there was, you know, there was, you know, they, they could have it on the footage, but that, that was never taken into account later on. So you got away with a lot of things. So, and we felt that. Oh, I felt that I needed to impose myself on the opposition, and I did a couple of, you know, pretty unpleasant things in a way. But that was the way I thought I had to do what I had to do for my team and my mates. But um, now, we, and '73 was uh, really a powerful year, and uh, and we won again in '74 as well. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. So you were a dual premiership player by the age of 22 as well, Barmy. So you, you know, I think people there are forgetting that. You were still a kid to a large extent, especially as a big man, and uh, 
big man and had, you know, had obviously a very, very successful time already, Barmy, sort of thing. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the sad thing for me as a player is that I finished at 27 because yeah. my knees were buggered, but there was, a, it was hard work. But as we had one, a crazy pre-season in uh, 79 where... They made us run up these crazy hills, and that finished me. <laughs> finished me forever. I don't think I've run since. <laughs> or no, a little bit. Played a couple of games for the the mighty uh, Red Legs, yes, but uh, not that yes. many. Yeah, That's, uh, we, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Don't worry about that. Um, seventy-seven was seventy-seven. Did you where you came runner-up in the BNF? Did Did you think that was your best year overall? Yeah, so I played the played the best that I'd played, and uh, had a you know consistent season. I rucked the whole time and. Uh, no, I, I, I did play pretty well that year. I, was, I started to break down a bit after that. 78, I still played reasonably well, but I was battling in 79. I only played a couple of games. My knees were gone. So, But no, 77 was probably my best year. I'd worked very hard off the field to get myself a lot fitter as well. I was, you know, I virtually ran every bloody day of my life with uh, Johnny Tolman, who was a uh, um, a professional athletic runner and with lots of quite a few players training him at the Caulfield Racecourse. So I just ran and ran and ran, which um, I didn't love all that much, but I had to do it. So the other so that fascinating gave, that gave me a good a good background for seventy seven. Yeah, fascinating bit about that, Barmy was quite where I've read it in Dan Eddy's book, and that was how many of you were you all from different clubs. So imagine oh, yes. that nowadays yeah. training yeah. together. Well, yeah. no way in the world does yeah. that happen nowadays. Gosh. So. Oh, no, Joey Tolman was a terrific guy. Um, he had a uh, sports shop down at Heidelberg and he was, uh, you know, athletic runner from a long time. And, and there were, there was Len Thompson and Desi Tudnam and uh, uh, I think Barry Goodingham and even McNolan trained with us for a while and uh, quite, a, quite a few others. It was, uh, no, it was good fun. Uh, it was uh, Sam Kekovich and I uh, was good mates with all of them, actually, as it turned out. Now, now during that period, did you get to play any State of, or- state of Origin? Well, I played in the first ever State of Origin game for WA. Yeah, yeah. seventy-seven, I reckon, which mm. uh, which we we smashed uh, the Victoria from memory. But yeah. um, yes, yeah, I, I think I, I just saw I saw the old jumper the other day. I think I've got that somewhere. That's the only bit of uh, memorabilia I've got. But I <laughs> I found that running around. So uh, I'm not surprised with you, Barmy, that that wouldn't be your strength to to hang on to gear and know where it was and all that sort of well, thing. Well, I, I got no idea. I got I got no Richmond jumpers, no nothing. I just happened <laughs> to be looking the other day, uh, yesterday, and I found this um, uh, Western Australian uh, jumper. So um, I might sell that one day. You never know. Put it in a frame. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so. Um, you have a couple of other points with the Richmond side of things. On the negative side of it, like Richmond, where where it was almost bloodletting, and and like as we spoke talking about Brian Wood getting a phone call from another club and him going, "Well, how in the hell have you got my number?" Well, Graham Richmond gave it to me, and things like that with losing Reigns and Cloak and Richmond. Sort of, they really managed to end that era a lot earlier than it should have due to their own. Stupidity, almost incompetence. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt we did lose that way. We lost respect for the individual within it, which was, um, I mean, GR had been wonderful. He'd sort of set the whole thing up in the sixties and the early seventies, putting the teams together, etc. But in the end, it was just a little bit. 
over the top ruthless. I mean, you know, we just lost players that we shouldn't have lost. I mean, Brian Wood is the easiest bloke in the world to manage. And, He's a good player. You know, Rainsy was Rainsy could have been the best player we ever had, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, Dave the Cloak, God, he, he he's not hard to manage, but. I'm not even sure how it all happened. I think I think they probably got offers from other clubs and they went to the club and said, oh, look, I've got an offer. What should I do? And I think we treated it as a, that was just being disloyal. You know, yeah. go to Bugger, you go to the other club. Um, and then, and we, you know, we'd already sold Brian Roberts and um, and Jacko and uh, Teaser to South Melbourne for yeah. Johnny Pature and all that sort of stuff. And we're saying, well, you know, where, where's the where's the mateship here? We, we, we belong to each other. We're... You know, you, you shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. And it, it's, it's certainly, I think they certainly went mad. And then for a long, long time, Richmond struggled to overcome it because when in in footy, it's very much about people looking after each other and caring for each other. And if the uh, organisation doesn't, automatically the players won't. Because yeah. if you don't give someone something, they won't give it back. And I reckon that's what we lost. And it took a long time to recover it. But... Fortunately, they finally they finally did in seventeen, and we've won a few couple of flags since then, and all, it's all pretty good. There, we're in a really good place culturally now, but we had a long time when we were struggling. Is that a case of a lot of the Victorian clubs still thinking old ways rather than embracing the new and the change? No, I think uh, all clubs uh, have really embraced the change, and they're very much about looking after people and caring about them, and caring about their culture and doing the right things. It's uh, very little of the just do what you're bloody told nowadays. It's, uh, they've, they've genuinely come along. Or they've all come a long way. I've I got no doubt whatsoever, particularly you know, I talked to most of them. And, you know, certainly I went to um, Collingwood and we battled a little bit with it, but it wasn't too bad. And Geelong was very much thinking that way. Um, and certainly uh, Richmond was as well, and even more so now. So I, th- I think nearly all the clubs are very much about how to look after people. But And you still have to make the hard decisions. There are times when you have to sell players, and there are times you have to make decisions on that, and you need to do that. Uh, but mostly it's about encouragement and help and support rather than just, you know, do what you're bloody told, or if you don't do what you're told, you're out of here sort of thing. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we, no, they've they've genuinely come a long way. Now, Barmy, on some influences on you, I, I've always found Barry Richardson's role with you in your career fascinating. And just give us some other big influences there. And you know, obviously, Barry Richardson was part of how you ended up at Nord as well. Yeah, Barnes well, has always been a great mate. Um, we've we always thought the same way about footy. There's another way. There's more to it than uh, than. And Tommy thought and a few of other things. So he's he's been a big influence and he's still a very good friend. Um, but I was very lucky that um, as a reasonably young bloke, I was appointed by Norwood to coach them. And it was a huge risk from their point of view because they all thought I was mad. <laughs> well, no, all the people thought, oh, yeah, this sort of play is crazy. Um, but as it turns out, I wasn't actually. And, and, they, and it was the most, it was the best thing I've ever done going to Norwood because I was also my kind of intellectually, I I sort of knew what footy was about, but I was also still prepared to learn. Yeah. And there's no doubt that South Australia had a different view on footy, and particularly um, the great the Wally Millers yeah. and the, even the Johnny Wins and that sort of stuff had a different view on how it was played. And I was rather than just coming in as coach and saying go to Bugger and do what you're told, 
I wanted to learn what they what they had to teach me. Um, and Wally's been an enormous influence over you know my footy thinking, uh, and Winnie as well, and even you know Glenn Rosser and, and Bruce Winter to a degree, and Stas. yeah, lots of yeah. lots of and Stas particularly, yeah. So it was um, lots of them really helped me enormously. I mean, because. But I always remember there's a beautiful line that um, Tommy Hayter used to come over and play in the Australian Championships in uh, yep. 73, 4 or whatever. And Tommy was interviewed one day and they said, well, what do you think about Adelaide, Tommy? And he said, oh, beautiful place, Adelaide. He said, but there are a lot of South Australians here. <laughs> <laughs> Which meant that we yeah. we all thought that South Australians didn't think differently, and they did. But they a lot of it was very positive in the footy because it really – it went to the next step. I mean, the, the Jack Odie thinking and all that sort of stuff was a real, was a, a step above what people in Melbourne were doing in a way. And I was lucky enough to sort of um, recognise that and get to learn from it through through the Wallies and the Winnies and Stazzers and that of the world. So I, I was very lucky because it, it gave me a different view of footy. Oh, look, I, mean, when... I still had still had the, the Richmond take on it. I still had the competitive take. I still had all that. But there's a different way of doing it. Do you give a handball? Do you, you know, where do you go? What position do you take? And all that sort of stuff. There's a lot. There's a lot to learn out of what they did in SA. Oh, look, and I thought it was fascinating too. Where it was a night in the Red Lease Club, you know, with your appointment, and you know, it's what in the hell have Nord done? They've appointed, you know, Neil Baum. That, that was in you know, 1980, that, wasn't it? 1980. Yep. yep. They appointed that. Like, well, I probably because I was lucky enough uh, that. Wally had organised Alan Killigrew to coach us at Nord High. So Wally had turned up, was there every Saturday, and I was already doing things at Nord then, raffle-wise and helping out, so I knew Wally anyway. But I thought, well, hang on, Wally's appointed this Neil Balm guy. He can't be that crazy and all that. And honestly, that night, yeah, there was trepidation in the room, but Balmy, you won over people pretty quick. Your personal side, and it was pretty early on that everyone thought, yep, this guy's okay. Oh, look, funnily enough, Killer coached me for a while at Subi, as it turned out, and I sort of knew him all. But, um, well, yeah, it was, a, it was a risk that the club had taken. But um, certainly, um, I know Sheeds and um, and Barry Richardson had both spoken to Nord at the time, and they'd both recommended me to uh, to Wally, et cetera, as a reasonable bloke to, to do the job. So I had a few people in the corner who were looking after me. I'd, I'd not really thought about coaching at all. I thought, I'm just going to work like a normal person now. But I was really, I mean, really loved the fact that I was um, able to coach uh, Norwood. And I came here and we started our own business, you know, the business that I'd worked for in Melbourne as well. And it was, yep. I don't know how we did it. I, I ran a, we finished up running a factory with 60 or 70 people working for us. And I ran a footy club or no, coached a footy club and had a family. I don't know how the, how the <laughs> hell did we do it in those days, but it was wonderful. I, I re- really, um, Love my time at um, in Adelaide and particularly at uh, at the Nord Footy Club. And I think in 1982, Barmy, let's you know we didn't start well, but as you said, you were prepared to listen, and it was it was you know Bruce and Stazza and that going, well, Barmy, we ha- we haven't got a Royce Hart at Centre for we've got to change things up a bit here. And from there, I think everyone forget that Nord came home like a train, and we were bloody unlucky, you know. Hugo getting injured at work of all places when he was having a, a really good, strong year, especially at the end. Um, you know, we end up with having to play a kid Nick Walker in the ruck against a bloody strong port side. 
in the grand final where we come from the elimination final. And uh, we, we, we were, and Michael Taylor played one of the great individual games, uh, you know, where he took Russell Ebert to the cleaners. We nearly got up in that, in that GF. Yeah, oh, in 80, yeah, absolutely. We do, did a great job. But uh, Kingo was wonderful, wasn't he? He was uh, oh. one, he gave you absolutely everything. But um, he was a beautiful guy, lovely fellow. But, uh, and it was interesting too, because, you know, he, he came to me and said, oh, the Melbourne teams want me to come. What should I do? And everyone's saying, oh, we got to keep him. I said, well, no, mate, it's good for you. Let's, let's go and do it. So I think I set that up as well, that, you know, that people realised that I wasn't just there for us yeah. and me. Well, we we were there for them. We we wanted the individuals to, you know, if they got get something out of it, let's help them. I mean, Kingo goes and plays in Melbourne, and that doesn't help us at Nord, but it does in, ultimately because he's one of ours. Yeah, and you know, we got to look after him. We have got to help him, and all of our kids know that we're going to help them. We're going to help them do what's good for them rather than just what's good for us. For us so, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I was kind of ahead of my time in a little, a little, little way about that. I, I accepted. Um, let, let's look after the people rather than just look after the organisation. And then, of course, 81, the unluckiest and weirdest game of football in where at quarter time in the prelim final against you could actually feel the wind changing. <laughs> it, it was unreal that it changed exactly at the quarter time break. It, no, it, was, it was bizarre. Was it was awful, wasn't it? But, yeah, but that's footy park uh, for you, though. Oh. Yeah, it's, that, that would happen down at Westlakes there. It was a weird game. Yeah, uh, it was, but that's yeah, that's all part of it. You got to learn from all that. Unfortunately, we we're able to uh, do a couple of things the next year, and um, we're very proud of what we did in '82. I must. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, and we came home in '82 where we were convincingly the best side. Look, the qualifying final. Yeah, everyone forgets that we were down in that last quarter in the qualifying final, and the uh, Keith Thomas a left-handed handball to, to Turbs and, and things like that. So, yeah, and then in – okay, we'll jump forward a little bit. In 84, uh, the first semi against Centrals, we were nearly three goals down at the 22-minute mark and came home. So as Nord supporters, I think we always thought we under, oh, we underachieved a bit what we had and we should have won more flags. And as I've got older, I've gone, well, hang on, we actually got up in those two and – I think we're forgetting how bloody strong the competition was and the other sides were. I, you know, I, I reckon I've mellowed a bit and thought of being a bit more realistic about everything in that regard, Barmy, as I've got older and, and paid the North Adelaide and Glenelg sides the re, and the Port sides the respect we should have really, you know, in time, oh, as a yeah, supporter, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very, we're very selfish in the way we think, we only think, <laughs> think our own way, but, um, oh, well, we also know that, to win a to win a flag or to win a final even is a wonderful effort because it's everyone's doing their best they're they're putting everything in and it's very hard to predict who's any good and who's not but um, we always believe in ourselves pretty strongly so um, we always had some chance but um, now we did some great stuff I was uh, very proud of my time at Norwood I must admit the uh, eighty four obviously year um, obviously didn't go as planned. You'd like to be doing a little bit better. And when when did you get a bit of a sense that things were starting to change and and go in your favour and and then really carried all the way through to the grand final? Oh, I'm I'm terrible. I think we're going to win every week always. <laughs> so I'm over positive. But um, I mean, it's it's so far back that I can't really recall the the uh, real detail of it all. But um, 
I just know that just a little bit by bit by bit, we were believing in ourselves a little bit more. It was a, oh, it was a wonderful, exciting time. It was wonderful to get up that year, I must admit. But I can't quite recall all the, the simplicity of it and the, the intricacies of it. But something to be proud of. Well, it's, it's a pretty special year. I mean, considering, um, you know, he'd been there in 82 and disappointment of 83 and then coming from fifth in 84, I mean, there's just oh, got to be wonderful. so yeah, many wonderful. wonderful memories with so many wonderful players during that period. Oh, it certainly was. It certainly was. We uh, That was one of the good things about it, I think, um, the relationship between the, the coaches and the players in those days, that the boys did take responsibility. They said, yes, it's our turn and let's go. So uh, it was uh, wonderful, really, really quite oh, wonderful. And, and, you know, some of the good fun times we had, and you know, like – I'd never forgotten the day of the Red Leafs Club where Winnie noticed Ashley Porter in the corner and Winnie, Winnie's, got, Winnie's thrown the clipboard or something on the ground and he said, I've had a guts full bloody bears going to port. And he walked, stormed out and he, all he did was walk around the corner to the other door in the blue room and Porter has walked out and on the back page of the news on the Monday, button to port and... Winnie just pissed himself. Yeah, as we know, Winnie's one of the great practical jokers, and he just stitched someone else up again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he didn't mind doing that. But uh, uh, he's a, I, I was lucky that um, as a kid, I barracked for West Perth in uh, WA, and Winnie played for West yep. Perth. So I remember the, the great JF Win playing from then, and all of a sudden, I come back to Norwood, and he's there. He was, uh, and we're still bloody good friends. He's yeah. a, a lovely person. Great man. Now, man bit, a bit mad. A bit mad in the, in the best in possible way. In a calculating way, way yes, yes. Yeah, very good. That now, is wonderful. Now, it'd be remiss if we didn't uh, make mention of the 84 grand final, the opening bounce or the uh, <laughs> the national anthem. Um, now, let uh, myself and probably Malcolm already probably knows this, uh, but let the listeners in. Was it a bit of a preconceived plan that, you were going to ruffle a few, few feathers of Port Adelaide just to put them off their game a little bit? Well done, Ian Stasinowski oh, and Greg Nicholson. Yes. Well, we, we did want to do that, but it was more it was Stas more than anybody else because he'd played on Timmy Evans so many times. Um, so he's he's he spent all week with Craig explaining to him, you know, what he might say about whether he had sex with his sister or whatever he said. <laughs> I don't know what he said. But, oh, I don't mean that, but you know what I mean. Yep. Um, and so clearly... Um, Craig's sort of been well planned, and Staz is there. He's happy with it, and um, and for the first time ever, they've had everyone in position when the poor girls trying to sing the Advance Australia Fair, and they're they're blowing in the goal square. It was over, and then the cameras come on to me, and I'm smirking. Smiling, yeah, they yes. Assume, <laughs> they're assuming that I actually set it all up, but I actually didn't. But I would have if I had a name. I think the other so, bit no. too that where we were a sport, we go. Well, he is Barmy's brother. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, so what will Craig do here? So there was <laughs> there was trepidation there, thinking and all that. But honestly, Craig just did it very well, and re, you know, readily admitted where he said, "Well, hang on, I'm standing a, a superstar. I, I, I had to do yeah. I had to do something something for my own." Libertar, and he just sucked him in beautifully. Doesn't get any bigger than oh, that. Well, does and it? Tim got reported for striking him. Yeah, out, so that was there. We, we felt even better. <laughs> and and the first ten minutes of that game were just unbelievable football from both sides. But oh yeah, I wonderful. think the whole game was. Well, the whole game was, yeah, but was. the first ten yeah, minutes just had that intensity that just typified a Norwood Port 
rivalry. Was, was it a little bit like that between Richmond and Carlton and Richmond and Collingwood? Or oh yeah, no, there is. I mean, there's always that. It's um, it's wonderful, really. Um, you know, it was certainly Richmond and Carlton. We were very much. Uh, we we used to beat Collingwood most of the time, so we felt happy with that. But Carlton were much more challenging than uh, than that. Um, yeah, you know, all sides are hard to beat, but um, you love playing against some. And I think um, the Norwood Port stuff will always be a wonderful part of a, a wonderful part of South Australian footy. Were you aware of that? Uh, rivalry before before you took on Nord as coach as a coach. Oh no, really, I didn't know much about SA footy at all. No, but it didn't take long to find out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I've always loved the way where Barmy, you've stuck up for South Australian footy. You know, Barmy Barmy used to be with on a spot with Kevin Bartlett on a Friday morning, and I rang up once and said, "Oh, Barmy, how would you compare?" Uh, the late Jim Teal, uh, the late great Jim Teal, and Craig Kelly as players. Barmy's replied, well, Malcolm, you're probably better qualified than me. You've seen more. I've said, well, I consider Jim Teal the better player. And Barmy's gone, yeah, well, so do I. And within about 10 minutes, the switchboard's full. With, you know, How could you say that? And, you know, he's a Collingwood premiership centre-half back, and Barmy's gone, you know, I know it'll shock a lot of you Victorians out there, but there were a hell of a lot of good footballers in South Australia who could have played VFL footy and didn't. And, and that, and I still say that Nord side in general back then, and several other South Australian sides at that stage would have been more than competitive in the VFL. We we probably just lacked the Tatler Tall guys, and maybe a little bit of depth on the list. But overall, you know, that we would have been more than competitive. Oh no doubt. Oh, and people like uh, McIntosh and Ace and Teal oh. and Warhurst, even etc. 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 Where some, you know, King A obviously went across and played, but um, oh well, Ned was one of ours too. Kelly was yeah. one of ours too, Tony obviously. France, remember, we I convinced him not to go to Port Adelaide and come to us. It was yeah, wonderful. that's right. Yes, <laughs> yeah, because his dad played. Yeah, no, for no, no, SA footy was always very strong. There's no doubt. I, and again, you know, I, I was living it, so I loved it. I must admit. Yeah. And then, so eleven years at Nord. Finals in every in every year, Barmy. You then uh, went and uh, was the inaugural coach of the Woodville and West Torrens club in, uh, combined. And you know, Darcy Evans makes the point that you were the perfect person for that role because it did need a, a really good communicator to get those two clubs together. And you know, you bit there the cup where Bruce went with you, and then of course. Bruce coached a premiership side there in eighty three in uh, ninety three. Yep. You know your enjoyment there at terms of Woodville West Torrens as well, Barmy. 